friend, I'm Tanya Gill. Welcome to Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck. Together, we explore the ways through life's stickiest moments and how to live with more peace, joy, love, and gratitude. We're going to talk honestly about what isn't easy so you can discover the light within you that will carry you forward. My friend, this podcast is about you in real life, your body, mind, and soul, and the opportunity to not only live your best, but shine doing it. For me, to me, it's really exciting when I have an opportunity to literally sit with someone who is a stranger who obviously felt a connection, a vibration, something that said, Hey, I want to talk to this person. I feel like there's something that we can potentially share with the world together. Absolutely. And as the the title, like the uh, unperfect, perfect life or something like that, it, it is really like my story. And I'm really happy to share this, uh, with the audience to, to get a little bit of an idea of what happened in my life. And yeah, so I, I thought that uh, this could be a really good um, fit and also inspiring for, for your audience. So yeah. Oh, Swana, I absolutely can feel it. I can feel that this is going to be amazing. You're absolutely right. My, my URL is perfectlyimperfect.wtf. The reason I named it that is not only because I'm sweary, um, but also because I think we do have those what the fuck moments. And a lot of us think we need to live in this realm of perfection. However, we know that perfection is momentary. And so what we really need to do is see the perfection in imperfection and see that in that I, I'm, you, we are perfect. And my podcast is lighten up and unstuck your what the fuck, because we have those what the fuck moments. Sometimes our lives feel like a total what the fuck moment. And, and there's a way to create light and love and move through whatever that what the fuck is. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say like having these what the fuck moments and then uh, looking back and understanding, yeah, the universe was kind of pushing me in a totally different direction than I wanted to go. And this was necessary to really like, oh, come on, you're not getting it. We really need to shake you and bring you really deep into the fuck so that you can now get it. And so I think this is a great title and uh, amazing to see like, now how our life really needs these moments to then understanding, oh, this is not the right track I'm on, but there's something else I need to do, but I'm really not getting it. I'm not getting the signs and all that the universe is delivering to me because now I'm so focused in what I want to create. Yeah. And I, yeah, like I can't see what is around and like uh, even synchronicities that appear, we are not getting it. So yeah, I really feel that that we have these moments and there's a, a reason why we do have these kind of moments. And oh, it is necessary. Well, you are so <laughs> awesome. It's so true. I always, I always seem to find um, metaphors in nature. So as you were talking about, you know, you, you get so focused on that direction and not see what the universe is trying to show you. 
I always come back to the idea of a fly trapped against a window, trying to see the world through that window and get to the world through that window without realizing there are open doors and there are open vents potentially and other open windows, but you need to just be able to see what else is out there. And then you said the magic word, um, synchronicities. Synchronicities was the card that I pulled today. So when you said that, I was like, whoa, whoa, but, but, or, and you clearly had a pretty significant what the fuck moment where you pivoted away from where you had been hitting that wall. What happened? So I would say I not only had one moment, I had several. And every time I felt like it is uh, kind of my life was burned down and I was rising uh, up like phoenix out of the ashes to create something new. And so um, to start uh, with my first moment, uh, it was when I was eight years old and I had a near-death experience. And for me, this was the first a situation when I really felt, oh, something is happening with me. I don't have any control about what is going on. And I was in hospital and um, I could see myself like lying on this doctor's bed and the doctor stick in a long needle into my spinal cord to take out some liquid because they thought it could be a, a meningitis uh, while I was in coma. And I could see at the same time, like my parents were outside, they were not in the same room with me. And I was kind of pulled into the light and it was so peaceful and calm and, and so loving. And, and uh, I really had this feeling I need to go there. And the next moment I was pushed back into my body and I woke up from my own screaming because of this horrible pain and then fell in coma again. And for me, this was the first time that I really felt what is happening with me. And this was really a what the fuck moment, because for a child being eight years old, not knowing what is, is happening, uh, this was really um, yeah, the first kind of pivotal moment I had and many more to follow, which I can uh, share with you in a second. And, and Sonat, I just I really want to hold space for this because... I have heard adults share their adult near-death experiences or their experiences of being taken to the other side and given a choice. Or, I, I mean, there are many people who have had these experiences. And when I've heard those experiences historically, they've been as adults. What resonates so deeply for me as you're sharing your very vulnerable story, thank you, is that this was a what the fuck moment that happened to you as a child. And I know that I have had what the fuck moments that happened as a child. And I think many of our listeners may not have experienced near death experiences but they have experienced what the fuck moments as children. And I just want to take a second and honor that child that had that experience and hold space for that child. I love you. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you so much. 
Swana, how does an eight-year-old child have a near-death experience and then continue in life? Mm. For me, it was that I experienced this kind of duality, that on the one hand, I was there like my bio body. At the same time, um, there was me, the spirit, the soul. And I got so interested in life in general, like what is going on here on this planet? So I went um, into libraries and to read about uh, the Egypt time, like what happened after death um, with the um, pharaohs. And um, I went into medicine and uh, in uh, environmental technology to really understand about life in general, life we, as we as human beings, but also life, the, the planet we are on is a living being for me. And yeah, so um, for me, this was really kind of, yeah, on the one hand, a moment that really yeah, nearly destroyed me. But on the other hand, it was a moment that really triggered this deep connection to life and my interest in that. And also like very early uh, these values that we need to protect life and uh, that it is not okay to destroy life at all. And so I think this um, was a very important moment as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. So I'm hearing that you chose professional vocations through life that, that were really grounded in those values. And yeah. And you can say that those values were fostered from that moment or that experience, that massive what the fuck. And so here you are in front of me chatting from Madeira after spending the morning in the pool and experiencing a lot of warmth while I sit with my space heater by my feet. And you said, my life has been a series of what the fucks. What, what the fuck put you in Madeira? Yeah, so um, I had uh, another really um, massive moment um, before I came here. So um, I had a little company, um, consulting business and uh, employees. And I really had looking from the outside kind of a perfect life. Like, no, I have my own company. Um, I had my own house. I had uh, my car, of course, and I had three horses. And so it looks look really like perfectly. And I lived a, a life in, in planes and trains and hotels, like you know, flying around the world. So everybody thought, wow, no, this is really like how I would like to have my life as well. And um, for me, it was, yeah, okay, from the outside, this looks really nice. And, but for me, from my perspective, it, it was like, um, I was working 80 hours a week, um, I had uh, so much time in really uh, spaces that I didn't like, like working in um, meeting rooms with neon light and um, uh, like air condition and uh, sometimes even without windows. And 
this is not natural for me. So also no, flying around is like, I don't really like that so much. And for me, it was like I was one morning that I had to catch the plane uh, to go from Hanover where I lived to Basel and it was five o'clock in the morning and no, the, oh, that's coming somewhere behind you. <laughs> He's probably just yeah. headed outside. Sorry about that. <laughs> that uh yes my yeah. background is real sometimes people ask if my background is real I'm like oh yeah there's dogs <laughs> so <cute>. sorry <laughs> sorry so so you're at you're headed to the plane yeah so five o'clock in the morning my um uh alarm ring and it was like okay I have to jump out of bed because I have to catch this plane and no everything was prepared for being a week uh, again on the road with all the suitcases and uh, the project maps and everything and I wanted to go up and my body said no you will not go up you will not do anything it was really for me I was already in a burnout even though I tried to push myself and push myself and push myself. But at that time, my body said again, no chance you will stay in bed and you will not even go out of bed tomorrow. And so I called my assistant telling her for the whole week, please uh, cancel all my appointments. I'm so sick. My body is not even um, has not even energy enough to to stand up. And um, so this was a moment that was for me really another pivotal moment where I thought, if I continue living like that, like also not not doing sports anymore, being overweight, um, living a life in total stress, I will not make it very old, becoming very old. So it was really, okay, you have to change something now. And yeah, so um, I stayed in bed for a while and then I decided I need to go out and give myself a little bit of a moment for just being in the warmth, seeing ocean, whatever. And I got uh, uh, an email from a travel agency and uh, it said, okay, all-inclusive Madeira, uh, you will have a nice hotel with a nice pool uh, with delicious food. Uh, we have some tours around the island and you can book it for next week, one week time out. And it is like, that's mine. So I booked this flight and um, yeah, went into uh, the airplane in Germany, minus 15 degrees. It was snowy weather and um Landed in Madeira and I stepped out. It was 26 degrees, sunlight, um, blue sky, uh, a little bit of wind. And um, yeah, I could see the ocean because the airport is standing on, uh, um, I don't know how to say, say that. It's, it's in the ocean. So um, on pillows. No, pillows is not the right word. I don't know. Like it, it's over the ocean? Yeah. The airport is like on top of the water over the ocean, like on pilings. Yeah. Wow. So you, when you, you land, you can see that. So I, I could see the ocean and of this island because right. this, is a sub, this is a subtropical island. 
And um, we have really a lot of, of flowers here. Uh, at the moment, looking into banana trees and orange trees, trees, and I can see the ocean. So, and I really fell in love with Madeira at first sight. And the energy also is very special here. And we are like, wow, no? it's like loading, loading, loading energy into my body. And so I was here for one week and I already had this feeling, well, why did I buy a ticket back? And yeah, it's, yeah, sometimes you come to a place and you really feel a connection and feel that, yeah, this is, is my environment. It is energizing me. I feel so and like almost at home, even though I've never been here before. So for me, it was clear, I need to go to another place. I have to leave Germany. And at that time, it was a little bit different. Yeah, my dog was still alive with 16 years. Um, my mother was alive, uh, suffering from dementia. And I had my company. And then, yeah, no, I came here another time for holidays. And this feeling was there again. And then, um, yeah, things happened. Like, no, my dog died, my mother died. And I felt I'm free now. And so what I did is I closed my company. I sold my house. I sold my horses. I sold my car. Everything can go. Packed some things like my cats, my laptop, and two suitcases with clothes and went to Madeira. And since then, I'm living here. So for me, this was really this burnout moment, not understanding that I'm on not really on the track I have to be. And then going to Madeira, giving myself half a year of a sabbatical, just being there, rebooting, getting clarity about my path, what is really calling me now, and yeah, changing my life totally. So now I, I work outside in nature. I have my meetings uh, in a coffee bar at the beach. I have time during the day to just jump into the pool, having my lunch break and having fresh food here. And this is a totally different life than I had before. And I'm so happy that I got this what the fuck moment lying in bed, not able, being able to stand up to, yeah, to do the, the jump over the ocean and landing in beautiful Madeira Island. Wow. So Ned, it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring because when there are so many pieces that resonate so deeply for me, my friend, first of all, you know, for you, it was, you couldn't get out of bed. That was your what the fuck moment. I also hit burnout really hard. And for me, it was a phone call regarding a change in COVID protocol at work. We'd already changed protocols a hundred times, but that call broke the camel's back for me. And, and I think we, 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 none of us ever know where that is, right? Nobody knows when that, when that break is coming. And I think a lot of people are very afraid of it, which is why I believe partly my purpose in life is, is so that, so that, that, that level of pain and hurt can be prevented. However, I also believe we have levels of pain and hurt in our lives that are intended for deep intentional learning for our lives and what you were describing was that on the outside life looked perfect right vibrationally you were given the world everything 
And on the surface, it looked like the world was giving you everything in return, but it didn't match with who you felt you were inside. And as you were describing that experience of, of finding who you were inside when you landed, literally when you landed. And I totally believe that we have special connections with certain places on the earth. And for me, I believe that for me, it's several places, not just one, but even Waterton is an hour and a half away. And as soon as I drive into that park, I, I breathe differently. I feel more alive. And, and so your experience of then recognizing like, holy crap, Swanette, like you have a business, a mother, an aging dog. And let's face it, our pets are our family as well. And all of these moving pieces, including a home and a car and all the stuff that comes with life. And you said, I have to follow my soul's path. This is what I'm doing. And the universe conspired with you. Not that I am wishing for death upon a loved one in a million years. Please hear, I'm so sorry for your loss. And yet, life is for the living and you're living in Madeira. What work do you do in Madeira? I work as a success mindset coach and spiritual mentor. So I'm really helping people to understand about their own life purpose and to create a life beyond brilliance for themselves. Amazing. Amazing. And how do people like, tell me about that. How do people, what kinds of services do you offer? How do you, how do people learn more about that? So what I often see is that people have like kind of a whispering in their head that like this little, little voice is telling them like, ah, oh, if I could, I would. If I could change my life and wouldn't have the responsibility for this and that and this, I would do something totally different. There is this kind of, yeah, uh, calling already inside of them, but they are not paying attention to that or they find excuses why it is not possible to do this kind of change for themselves and um, what I'm doing is first of all understanding what is holding them back so for example are these blocking beliefs about themselves that they can't make it that they are not good enough to do this change that um, they will not have any kind of support or that uh, when they do the change, uh, money is hard to make or whatever it is. So what, what they really think about themselves, what are the excuses? Right. The and stories that we tell about ourselves, about ourselves, that we've picked up through life, that we keep tethered to, that really don't serve us, right? Like, no. We always have some kind of stories we tell about ourselves and Always. it's interesting yeah it's interesting sometimes also to see where this comes from so like no what have been the experiences uh, someone had that brought up these kind of beliefs or perhaps uh, the parents always told you yeah look no your brother is uh, so good in school but yeah look at your um, um, notes, you will never make it. And something like that, like you know, being uh, 
compared to other people or no, you're not beautiful uh, enough or no, your groups are too small, too big, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, so um, there's always something, yeah, we, we hear. And when we are children, we think that this is true about us. So all these information go into our, our subconscious mind and we really think, okay, if a, a person that is an authority like our parents or the teacher or the priest or whoever this can be um, is telling us. And it's not just authority, but it's people that we love and trust and respect, right? So, so, and they are people that perhaps even represent safety for us as children, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not just that power dynamic, right? It's also the people who hold us in loving spaces, maybe even sometimes, and then say mean things or hurtful things or things that are impacted and get dumped right into that cultural stew in a heartbeat other times. Right. Wow. Yeah. Or, or sometimes these are situations that we uh, step into a role that um, we are not even uh, old enough for. Like uh, if we see that always uh, there's struggle between the parents, we try to harmonize. We try to be the mediator. And for that, uh, we... <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we think about ourselves that we need to harmonize. Yeah, we go out of conflicts because conflicts mean stress. And yeah, so for okay. being loved, to be nice or whatever the sentences are, yeah. Well, and Swanette, that's interesting because I must ask, it, was that a role that you played was harmonizer as a child? No, I was always uh, the one that starts discussion and uh, wants to get answers and really sometimes uh, kind of forcing my parents uh, to, uh, to get information, to be allowed to do things. So I was kind, yeah, on the one hand, I was a nice girl, but I was also the one that was confronting people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was a protector. I was a protector. So I was very much a child who stood between my mom and dad and worked to protect my mom against his whatever it was. And I know that I started that as a very young age, right? And I felt very much a need to protect. So it's interesting though, hey, it is interesting. Yeah, so for some people, these beliefs are obvious. They are aware of that, but often they aren't. But you can see this in special kind of pattern that um, happen in their life. For example, um, if they figured out that Money is, for example, hard to, to catch or hard to hold. They will always have financial problems. Or if they believe about themselves, I'm not loving, it is difficult for them to really go into a deep relationship. So you can, you can see it in, in how the world shows up for them and see this in the pattern of their life. But often they are not aware where the source is, where it comes from. So huh. this is... And, and, and it's patterns around everything. Like, even as you said that, I was like, yeah, I've got some backstory about money that I'm working through right now. I totally own that. Right. And, and, you know, and, and also relationships, like I say that I manifested my husband and like, I stand in that I'm going to teach it eventually how to manifest your soulmate. But as you were saying that, I was like, yeah. And it's also the stories we tell ourselves about how hard it is to be healthy, whatever that definition is, but we don't dive into what the definition is, or how hard it is to, you know, it, and it's all of the 
it's, there's always, you know, how hard it is to accelerate in your career or how hard it is to feel like you're a strong parent. And we, you know, and it all comes back to that same place, one at, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So w- what I see when I work with my clients is that there is kind of this invisible glass ceiling they are kicking against and then yeah, they are going in kind of ups and downs or in loops and they can't see this. What, what is there? What is holding me back, for example, to um, yeah, become more successful in my business or to really have this kind of intense, uh, unconditional love in, in my relationship. And so what I do is like I bring this into awareness the, the pattern that I see into the awareness, then finding the source that can be, of course, in your own experience, but it can also be in the family line. Like um, what I often see is that, for example, I can give you an example from my, my own uh, family. My grandmother has been in uh, two world wars and my father has been in one world war. So um, in our family line, um, there was always this feeling that there is lack of food. So my grandmother, when she died, the house was full of uh, self-made glasses with pickles. And she had a freezer that was so huge that you could put in a whole pig and it was full with food. So food in this house for 25 years to, to eat, I don't know, really. And then my father always like having food in the storage and also overeating because never knowing when the next food will come. And if you go into my kitchen, the fridge is full, but I'm aware of that. <laughs> I, so I blame it on being a, a farm girl, but I, I admit I buy a pig at a time. Like I'm a farm girl. I buy a pig at a time. I buy my beef in bulk. I buy chicken in bulk. I happen to have a couple of freezers and a couple of refrigerators. We have a, we have a family of six, but I mean, I, I also recognize I have the shelves of preserves and the backup of all the things. And, and I too, you know, exactly what you described. I'm like, oh yeah, I have some food insecurity things that come from generations of the need to be prepared and preserve and have food on hand for a future of what if. Yeah, absolutely. Many of us do. Hmm. And it, it is like, it is in our DNA. Like it's not just, it's not just our environments. That is that intergenerational trauma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also another trauma that comes uh, in my family because of these wars and the experiences that um, my grandmother lost uh, like their home and their wealth and my father too. So it was always like um, whatever we have, we really need to take care of that because uh, it can be destroyed and or taken away um, because you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also this kind of money topic uh, coming through our, my generation, generational line. So adding it. Yeah. And so that, that story of abundance and, and, and all, and those pieces, 
it's interesting that with that intense story of, of abundance and having things and taking care of them, that you still in that chose to sell part with get like, let go of your business, your home, all of those things and move. So, I mean, that is like, that is like a really hard stop intergenerational cut change there. What did that feel like to know you were doing that? Were, did you have the awareness that it was happening? So for me, it felt like I will always be protected. I will always have a roof over my head and uh, a soup. This is so clear for me that whatever will happen, um, I will not be alone. I, I will always have someone with me that will help me. Um, so for me, it was not even like when, when I listened to my friends and they really told me, oh, you're so crazy. How can you do that? No? And others told me, this is really brave. Now you're going into a place uh, where you, you don't know anybody. You don't even speak the language. And um, yeah, you have no income there. Uh, you don't have an, uh, your own house. You just rented uh, a place for um, some weeks. So how can you do that? And for me, it was like, I'm free. Yeah, you were like, how the fuck can I not? Did you not just hear what you described? <laughs> like that was kind of, I could see it. I can see it. Like you're, I'm free. It was like, did you not listen to me? Like I just described freedom. Like how could I fucking not? Yeah. Oh my God. Swanette, I'm so happy for you. I am so happy for you. What is the best part of living your life right now? That I really feel that I'm following my soul path. That I really do what I'm called to be doing here on this planet. And this is empowering people to really step into their to really bring out the genius that is in people and yeah, all the gifts they have that are always or often like hidden or not really brought into this world that I can help people to really make an impact and leave a legacy. This is what is driving me. I completely understand the magic of knowing when you're standing in your life's purpose. And I have that experience as well. And as I hear you speak, I can hear that, you know, with every cell of this human being in this human experience, that everything that's happened, including the magical experience as an eight-year-old child in hospital, has brought you to the opportunity to have a gift to be of service to others in a really incredible way that also takes care of you. And that's, I, you know, I, again, the synchronicities, like they're just super heavy. I can feel all of these amazing synchronicities, Swanette. And, and what I feel as we're, we're talking is that, that our listeners are going to see that, that, the, that those big pivots and shifts toward experiencing life on the inside 
even stronger and better than life even appears on the outside is totally possible, even with massive what the fuck moments. Oh my gosh. So what would you tell if you had one piece of like, if I've, this is like, you've got one piece of information that needs to land on the hearts of as many people as possible. What do you need them to know? Find moments of stillness to look inside, to feel inside. Ask your intuition what is coming up if there were no limits holding me back to really bring into the world what is meant to be brought out into the world by me. What are my special gifts that need to be shared with the world? Look inside, feel inside. Connect with the universe to find out your special gifts. And then go out there and fucking shine. Yeah. And then go out there and fucking shine. Swanette, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I will make sure we have all of your contact details in the show notes. But what is the favorite way you like people to find you? So I would say the perfect way to find me is... Wait, I would, can I guess? Can I guess? Come to Madeira. Come to Madeira. The best way to find Swanette is to come to Madeira. Okay, so I'm going to put that at the top of my list. And then our audience can probably also find you... <laughs> With my website, <laughs> spiritualchangemaker.com. And um, I would like to give uh, your audience a very special gift from me. Oh, and thank you. Thank you. This, if this is okay, I would like to give away for everybody who is listening to this podcast right now, a free breakthrough call with me. So this is to understand what is holding you back to give you the first ideas and like the first kick to come out of a what the fuck moment and step into your life. Okay. So when I, I'm going to, I'm, I feel I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. And the reason I am having an emotional experience right now with you is because I just believe so much in the power of giving. And again, synchronicities my card today I mean we just jumped in here and flowed and this has been such a beautiful conversation and and you want to give our listeners they're not mine they are ours like they are the universe's listeners that you want to share a gift with them to have an opportunity to to move through a breakthrough experience and start getting more grounded in their lives and have direction is such a beautiful gift the beautifully hilarious part is that one of the things that I just realized, and I really feel like I just had this epiphany, I made a coloring book um, because I used to doodle a lot. I made a coloring book with a journal entries and it's 14 day coloring and reflection guide. It's called the creative reflection coloring book. Anyway, I, my birthday was on Monday and I, ga I, I gave, I'm giving it away. 
And I was like, I love giving things away. What else can I give away? And I just made a list. I'm not kidding you. Right before we met, I just made a list of eight things because 48, eight is infinity. And I feel that this is a very, very special year. Eight is all about giving and receiving. And I really felt the love and I feel the love that you're offering our readers too. So I'm telling you more freaking synchronicities, a gift for our audience and our listeners. My love. Thank you. My friends, if you're listening to this, get your ass into the notes and get it. Swanette, from the bottom of my heart, I am so excited to have made a new friend in Madeira. And this has been so wonderful. Thank you, listeners. Thank you again for being here. You can be anywhere. And you chose to lighten up and unstuck your what the fuck with Tanya Gill and Swanette Kuntz. Have a beautiful day from my heart to yours. You are love. You are light. Thanks for joining me today, my friend. If you're struggling through your own what the F moments and are ready for a more heart-centered and loving way forward, it is within you. It's time for a self-love adventure. Head on over to perfectlyimperfect.wtf for everything you need, including an amazing community, the collective. Beautiful humans on the same self-love adventure. If what you heard today spoke to you, please leave some love with a review. And don't forget to share this with a friend or 10. I hope to see you on the inside. <laughs>